Hello everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Fire Science Show. Today, another episode, another important issue that troubles many fire safety engineers, and myself included. Um, we're going to talk battery fires and electric vehicle fires. The knowledge on this type of fires in, is in never-ending demand for fire safety engineering, so I hope you'll <laughs> truly enjoy this one. It's going to be a bit different, it's going to be a two-piece episode. In part one, I'm welcoming uh, with me Roland Bishop, who is a project manager at RICE in Sweden, who will share his first-hand experience in burning some of electric vehicles and what uh, they've learned while doing that. And I'm very happy to uh, learn from him because it's some really important data points for my own research. And in the next episode, in next week, I'm going to take the mic and uh, tell you a little bit of our research on what are the consequences of electric vehicle fires in modern car parks and if there are any solutions that we can already implement despite the fact that uh, the knowledge is limited, the data is limited and yeah, we, we, we kind of have to work with what we have. That's the only solution. So yeah, I hope you will enjoy this interview and the next episode that will follow in the next week. So without further ado, let's spin the intro and jump into the episode. Welcome to the Fire Science Show. My name is Wojciech Wingzinski, and I will be your host. Hello, everybody. Today I'm, I'm here with Roland Bishop from RICE in Sweden, with whom I'll discuss the topic of uh, electric vehicle fires and car battery fires. Hey, Roland, thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can, can you introduce yourself a bit? How, how did you land up doing the battery fires? It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my name is Roland. I'm originally from the Netherlands and uh, eventually moved to Sweden for some studies as a mechanical engineer. Met my girlfriend here and uh, ended up staying here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not like a uh, fire engineer or electrochemical or electrical engineer. I'm just a mechanical engineer who kind of ended up in the whole battery research area because uh, that was kind of growing so fast uh, at Rice when I started working there. The, the need for doing tests and gaining knowledge in that area was growing so fast, so I had to grow along with it. <laughs> So to say. That's not an un uncommon story, like b both stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I brought you here because uh, I, I've read your paper written with, with Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Uh, I think it was first authored by Pei Ji Sun. It's a review on, on battery fires in electric vehicles. And and I, I must say this, this paper was so useful to me because um, I, I'm trying to research the consequences of fires in, in car parks. And I, I would really love to learn how these fires in, in, of, of electric vehicles, of battery fires in electric vehicles, how do they differ from, from the fires that we meet every day in, in designing the car parks, the ones that we've been studying and learning for, for, for decades? So um, the first thing is... Um, when I see the videos of electric vehicle fires, well, if you like you go YouTube, go electric vehicle fire, you'll find a lot of them. And uh, every now and then there's a new one. 
And they, they seem very similar to each other in the way that uh, there's usually this huge cloud of smoke coming from, from nowhere, this, this huge jet of flames uh, coming from out of nowhere and, and very like rapid development into this jet fire type of, of fire. So, so is this something that touching the subject scientifically you also observe? Yeah, I would say uh, there, there are many different ways in which batteries or battery packs can fail and what the outcome outcome may be. But if you just look at like the lithium-ion battery cells themselves, when we do tests, we see first when we start abusing them, we overcharge them or we heat them up or whatever. They will release like a cloud of smoke. They'll pop, like they build up pressure. They pop, they release a small cloud of smoke. And uh, that already is, is, is like flammable uh, cloud of smoke. It's not a very large amount. Nothing major is happening yet then. Uh, but if, if we then keep pushing the battery, keep abusing, and then yeah, we get into this thermal runaway stage and the battery releases lots of gas very rapidly, which may or may not ignite. Sometimes it does, sometimes uh, it doesn't. So, so it's it's like a cascading uh, fire of the of the smaller cells within the whole battery pack. Yeah. So so this process will happen to each cell in the in the battery pack, and and how it will cascade through the battery pack, it's, uh, it can vary a lot. Like you have different cell sizes and chemistries and materials in between the cells. If you have cooling or not, how the failure was initiated, uh, that can affect how the fire will or the thermal runaway will propagate through a battery pack. Um, there are many, yeah, many variables. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's yeah. a, a whole emerging field of science. It's not uh, something you can answer with a, a single with no. a single answer. <laughs> no, it, it's kind of annoying. Usually when we get questions like this from, from a customer, they say, okay, uh, if my battery goes into thermal runaway, well, what will happen? And uh, you know, I have to say, yeah, well, <laughs> depends. <laughs> depends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's um, the, in the media, in the in, in the internet, you are probably biased towards the the um, outcomes that are most uh, visually impressive. When I mean, there was this um, famous viral video of, of fire in, in in Shanghai. I think that where um, there there was an electric vehicle, and it, it very rapidly developed in, into a large fire. Actually, you know that 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 video was the the reason why I've um, why I've picked up this this subject in my studies, because um, I, I was not like I, I was not scared that electric vehicles will burn and fail or or that um, it, it was um, like uh, the media gives this impression that now we're unsafe because there's electric vehicles around, yeah. But my point was that if if it happens once, it means it may happen. And I would really love to know what are the consequences of these um, of these fires to the car parks and their users if such an event could happen. And uh, from your perspective, because you've studied that, such an outcome like like this uh, this fire on the video uh, is that something like uh, typical for for these fires, or, or it was just one extreme type of behavior that 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 can happen? Yeah. So, so here comes the fun <laughs> answer. <laughs> it depends, but <laughs> the thing is, uh, w what you see in that video, I agree. That's that's quite the extreme kind of scenario where 
one battery cell fails and it propagates almost throughout the entire battery pack in, in the span of a minute. That can happen. I, I have seen it happen uh, in the tests that we've done. But I would say more my experience with doing tests is that it can take quite a long time from like the very first failure, the very first cell that fails. It can take a very long time until anything happens after that. So sometimes we do a test, we start the thermal runaway in one, one cell, mm-hmm. we wait 10 minutes, nothing happens. We wait 15 minutes, nothing happens. <laughs> 20 minutes, still nothing happens. Um, and then maybe eventually we get some more action, then all, all everything kind of happens all at once. Um, happens sometimes it's like that sometimes it's <laughs> it's not like that uh, like uh, you you said not, nothing happens but do you see like indications of of some failure going into the battery and i'm not not i don't mm-hmm. mean the battery management system system which probably does see some uh like from an outsider perspective imagine you're standing next to such a vehicle mm-hmm. would you be able to tell that it's ongoing a failure you may you may be able to see the very initial failure you may okay. see that there's like a puff of smoke that is being released. But after that, I don't think you can see it. I, I'm asking these questions because uh, in our studies, um, we focused on the very initial phase of the fire. And we were curious about what would happen in the car park if the fire developed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like in that video, in a way, it shows the development of a, of a fire almost mm-hmm. instantaneously. And... Uh, we designed our car parks based on some certain design fires currently. And um, we wondered, okay, if I designed my car parks for the last 20 years in this way, mm-hmm. if now there's an electric vehicle or some sort of battery-powered device inside that goes through a, such a rapid uh, fire development, will my occupants be able to escape? And will my systems be able to detect and respond to that threat in, in, a, in a time scale that would matter, you know? Because yeah. uh, if there's such a growth of fire and it takes five minutes for my systems to respond, then it means my systems were not really that useful in no. that fire. So, so I'm, I'm really interested in this, in this uh, very early um, phase yeah. of the fire where it can actually quickly cascade into, into something large. Though I found it reassuring that you said it was on a, it was rather an extreme, uh, not a, not a typical fire that you would see every time you. No, no, I, we don't see it every time, but it it can happen absolutely. Um, but the, when it comes to designing your systems to 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 be able to handle such an extreme case, I don't know if that's <laughs> even possible. To be honest with you, we found that it's like uh, almost impossible. Like they, yeah. they make almost no difference. Mm. And the only variable was was the heights, which which yeah. I'll, I'll discuss in here yeah. in, in more thoroughly because it is kind of interesting mm-hmm. to to see that uh, w- yeah. with such a threat we're we're kind of helpless as as fire engineers. The other thing that I found reassuring in your paper was that um, heat release rate, if you can say, or peak heat release rate of of the vehicle fire when you consider electric vehicles versus um, internal combustion engine vehicles, you didn't find any like significant differences between these vehicles like they they were no. i mean it, it was still in the level of few megawatts not uh, not that one would be a hundred and another would be yeah exactly could you comment on how did you get to these findings and uh, what what did you observe yeah so so there have been some institutes that it's full-scale fire test on uh, electric vehicles and compared them to internal combustion engine vehicles uh, and at rise we did these tests also 
we compare we did tests on three vehicles so one uh, internal combustion engine vehicle and then the exact same vehicle but then the electric version of that mm-hmm. and then we had a ev uh, family car it is like you say we we don't see any significant difference in the peak heat release rate or even the total uh, heat release uh, for that matter Actually, we found that it's not so much the powertrain. So if it's electrical or if it's gasoline, diesel, whatever, that makes the big difference. It's more how does the fire start, which really has an impact on how rapid does the fire grow and how high will the peak heat release rate get. That That is actually the main significant thing rather than the vehicle itself. That being said, there yeah. are some, some things still to 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 study when it comes to these really worst case kind of uh, thermal propagation scenarios that start within the battery pack i don't think anyone has has tested that yet on the, on a full scale of course i think we all mm, realize in the fire safety side of the problem that it's something we need to find a solution because yeah. i mean that's the direction of where we are heading yeah. we cannot like escape uh, this issue no. that it's too hard or too complex or non-interesting, no. we cannot uh, deal with no. that. Now we, we need to we need to find solutions and uh, exactly. experiments, like you mentioned. That these are pioneering studies that that reveal the, the behavior of these mm. uh, devices. Uh, and yeah. uh, I, I find it fascinating because uh, if you study how the the batteries are built, um, at least the ones with cells, they they are built from like small elements put in put into packages. Mm. Which yeah. are merged into larger packages, so so yeah. it's really interesting how the uh, scales will play around. Absolutely, you know? yeah. absolutely. Are, are, is is this also something that you study in in Rice uh, when touching this subject? Yeah, I mean the scales they have a, a huge huge impact. Like uh, what batteries the battery cells themselves that you use in your battery pack they have a very large impact on how the fire will develop. So, for example, in the vehicles that we tested, we had um, a battery pack that had uh, pouch cells, so kind of like okay. these uh, aluminum bags that contain the cell that you usually also have in smartphones. And in those cases, we saw for, for that specific battery pack that when we uh, when we had a fire and the battery pack did become involved in the fire, almost the entire, like all the cells in the battery pack were contributing to the fire at the same point. So in that case, we had actually very, very high peak heat release rate compared to the other electric vehicle that we tested, which had other cells, which are uh, prismatic cells. So they're like uh, metal cans and those stick a bit longer to, to heat up and they can tolerate pressure a bit more. And in that case, we saw much like longer uh yeah, it burned longer in the battery pack, you can say. And we could much more clearly see here, like, oh, here one cell is ventilating gas. Here goes the next cell. Here's the next cell. But with the pouch cells, everything went <laughs> at once. So so that's, uh, that, and that's just the, um, the form factor of the cells. Then mm-hmm. you also have to think about the, the chemistry and how much energy is stored in each individual cell, which can also impact the results. Yeah, this is, this is great. You, you segued me to the next thing I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, um, because you have also compared the um, heat release rate in a function of uh, the range of the vehicle. So I, I, I was astounded that the, the behavior of, of this gasoline versus battery vehicles is, is uh, very similar in terms of the energy released per um, the fuel mass in in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I guess for the internal combustion vehicles, it's it's directly like linearly correlated with the amount of 
flammable liquids you have in the in the vehicle. Yeah. But what 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 makes the batteries more dangerous when they're charged? Actually, I, <laughs> I would almost put it the other way around. I, I would say the a full fuel tank is uh, more dangerous than the, a fully charged battery pack. Because uh, what we've seen in our tests, like vehicles, they usually use uh, plastic fuel tanks. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they rupture, you have like a huge pool file, which can easily spread to multiple vehicles at once. Uh, whereas when we did these tests with the battery packs, the ones we tested, at least they're like solid aluminum enclosures that, that actually contain whatever is going on inside of the battery pack quite well. But when it comes to the like the, the size of the battery pack and uh, how that correlates to the amount of yeah energy that is released during the fire, we we, we actually saw that the the like the total heat release uh, from a battery pack scales quite linearly with the amount of electrical energy that is stored in the battery pack. The maximum the, the maximum uh, that it can take, not uh, at the at the current moment, right? Uh, usually we express the, the, the energy of the battery pack in terms of the nominal. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of like the midpoint. Uh, oh, okay. So usually when we calculate that, we, we, yeah, we look at what is the nominal, uh, voltage and the capacity of the battery pack and, uh, we relate that. So it almost linearly correlated with the nominal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. But this is not the case for uh, heat release rate, um, Heat release rate, it's quite hard to relate that to the size of the battery because it, it's it's very dependent on the specific battery and the specific battery cells and the charge level. Like it's much more sensitive to that. If you take the research on vehicle fires from the past, when you really take a good look in, into these uh, experiments, you usually find that uh, an open window may have had a bigger impact on the fire than exactly. the type of a vehicle or, or what, mm, whatever other yeah. like physical condition the vehicle was in. That's what I meant with conditions that are for the vehicle like to burn itself. Kind because of uh, when you exclude the, uh, the powertrain, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's the same vehicle. It has a couch, it has uh, upholstered uh, interior, it will have a lot of cables, it will have uh, a lot of plastics that are not related to the fact it is in particular electric vehicle. I mean, you you also mentioned that you actually had uh, two copies of a vehicle, one of which was uh, electric, one of which was, mm. uh, let's say, conventional uh, internal yeah. combustion engine vehicle, and uh, and you burned them both. And uh, did, did the observations match? Like they? No, um, I remember that when we did the test, the, when we did the internal combustion engine vehicle, we had a. Uh, uh, simulated like a pool fire underneath, underneath the vehicle. Okay. And within, I think it was five minutes, the plastic fuel tank ruptured. And then we get a very, very fast fire growth. Okay. Whereas when we did the test with the electric vehicle, we had a, a burner directly underneath the battery pack. And there, I believe it took about 15, 20 minutes before the battery pack actually started to contribute to the fire. You know, th these things are... Uh, fascinating because um, we as fire scientists we sometimes don't appreciate enough the consequences of our choices during the research which are usually um, honest choices because we need to make choices like you, you said mm -hmm. where to place your um, uh, ignition source or how to yeah. simulate some some events and, and we as scientists do this uh, 
to capture the truth in the best way we can. <laughs> and yeah. um, my, my second hat is an engineer and I do a lot of CFD simulations for car park. I help uh, smoke control engineers design smoke control systems for car park. And uh, in this world, they don't really care that much if your window was open or closed. For them, it's a car <laughs> fire and mm -hmm. they just want the value of heat release rate they can place in the simulation and yeah. solve the issue of designing this specific car park. And uh, in a way, it's it's a system that works because if we have a design fire for vehicle, if we base our solutions in the building on that particular design fire, I mean, yeah. it's it's a method that can be replicated among many offices. It, it allows us to compare the systems. So, yeah, yeah but then as a scientist, uh, if you think, if you could uh, define a single design a fire curve for car parks like are we in a place where we could do it now for electric vehicles and uh, no i think uh, we need to do more tests there there <laughs> the developments with electric vehicles and battery packs uh, they're going so fast and uh, we haven't done so many tests yet uh, honestly so, yeah, we have some nice data now that we have from our tests and also from tests done in France and Canada, which which is very helpful. But uh, maybe they're not even representative of next year's electric vehicles anymore. Um, so, uh, there we yeah, we have uh, some catching up to do, you can say. Wow. I, I, yeah. now, now, now that you mentioned that, it's true that the technology is, is, is rapidly advancing and you can mm -hmm. see that... Uh, from a consumer perspective, looking at the range of the vehicles, how it grows, like every year, yeah. the vehicles can travel further and they're lighter, mm -hmm. which yeah. means there must have been some improvements in the battery technology because it's unlikely yeah. they have much lighter upholstery. No, exactly. Like uh, when I started working at Rice, we were maybe testing like battery cells, the individual cells, maybe they were just the cylindrical ones were two and a half ampere hours and the prismatic ones, larger ones were 50 ampere hours. But now I'm looking at cells that are close to 200 ampere hours, much, much larger and much more stuff happening when they do actually catch fire. So just based on that, I can see that, yeah, we have some uh, some way to go still. <laughs> and from your perspective as a researcher, is the fire behavior of these batteries a factor in designing these cells or it's just a, a byproduct of the design that has to be solved and not really being a the driver of the of the design no um, fire safety it's it's not uh, of the battery cells it's i wouldn't say that's the driver of the design of course it's important uh it's more about yeah having as much energy at as little weight as possible um that being said from my from my perspective it's not so much that the individual battery cells sh shouldn't be allowed to fail i think my perspective more that if you design a battery pack or electric vehicle or energy storage system, whatever, you need to design it in such a way that you can tolerate that a battery cell will fail, but still keep everything under control so it doesn't spread throughout the remainder of the pack. So you should yeah, design that you should allow for this type of failure to happen, basically. Wow, this, this is this is really powerful because I, I think you have in that sentence you have captured the spirit of fire safety engineering. <laughs> like we are not here to uh prevent Elon Musk from uh no. building electric vehicles. No. We are here to help them build them in a way that uh that the risks are tolerable and uh 
and we can manage them. That's that's exactly. the point. Because if we enter if we enter the design and we know how to manage the risk, we can do that. And yeah. the product is safety. Yeah, we're exactly we we are selling the safety to to the people. So yeah, that, that's yeah. that's really great. And then you don't have to worry about this video that you were <laughs> thinking about <laughs> earlier also. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, but, but these videos are powerful because it mm -hmm. drops you a narrative uh, on the whole subject. Yeah. And sometimes these things are positive because it lets you grab the attention that an issue is emerging and you can solve it for that issue yeah. but on the other hand they, they they might do a lot of damage to the whole field because yeah. suddenly every incident is associated with this type of a fire yeah there's also this third um, aspect the, the issue of probability of failure of battery and cascading the fire that's mm -hmm. a whole different topic and uh, to understand mm -hmm. how often this this type of, of events can occur um If we if we are the viral videos, there was also a, a recent video of like series of small buses like uh, mm. having the the fire jump into uh, from vehicle to vehicle. But also like me viewing this video from a fire science engineer perspective, I mean th that was a fire of the whole of the of the vehicle, not just the battery. It was like the interior mm. was burning. It was a huge yeah. fire, yeah. and the interesting part was it was propagating quite quickly. Is uh, this vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle propagation something that you were already studying or it's something for the future? So so in the tests that we did, we sort of <laughs> looked at it, but not, not in great detail. We, we had uh, some uh, plate thermometers on, on either side of the vehicle to kind of estimate how much heat the surrounding vehicles could be exposed to. But vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle propagation, no, we, we have not... Uh, touched on that yet but hopefully we can do that in the future but uh, yeah as, as you can imagine like burning vehicles is it's not it's not so cheap to do getting one vehicle <laughs> yeah. getting one vehicle is a challenge getting uh, six uh, <laughs> vehicles next to each other that's uh, that's another thing you, you've mentioned you, you've measured the the uh, plate thermometers around the vehicle I, i think that's a great starting point because uh, i know there was a very good um, phd by moh tohir One of the best PhDs I've read, and and he was um, calculating this um, effective thermal dose, if you can, if you can call it like that, that is needed to ignite a certain parts of a vehicle and uh, okay. associate probabilities of fire spreading uh, from vehicle to vehicle based on mm -hmm. these values. And uh, I think even that they've implemented it in B risk with with Mike Spearpoint at some point. I mean, okay. in in the past there was research on on spreading. Um, the fire from vehicle to vehicle and now you have the new uh, boundary condition because your initial fire is completely different than a fire of 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 the of yeah. the interior of of the vehicle so that's something to yeah. to look for probably and, and this thing with the electric vehicles I mean, in some some cases the when you have the battery pack fire you you also have the quite long jet flames that are oh, ejected yeah. from the battery pack which also brings into some something new into into play when you say electric vehicle fire mm. uh that this jet fire is the first thing that comes to my mind because of mm. the media attention that this yeah. this element gets yeah now, now after this talk I, i may look at this uh seeking different uh cues and uh, and uh, <laughs> different development of the fire but yeah, yeah coming i will be honest with you coming to this uh talk uh 
the jet fire behavior was the one that I had in my mind associated with uh, with electric mm-hmm. vehicle fire. Yeah. So so that's definitely something to to look on, and that definitely changes the physics of the of the whole yeah. fire in the car park. I mean, um, even from this uh, perspective of of uh, smoke entrainment, if we design uh, traditional vehicle car parks, we consider the fire source of the vehicle as a thermal buoyant plume of of smoke, you know, and we calculate the entrainment into this this plume that is driven by buoyancy. Mm-hmm. And in a jet flame, you, you have this quite significant amount of kinetic energy inside the jet because yeah. it's, it's, it's like propagating outside, yeah. which is completely different uh, momentum uh, that just a buoyant plume uh, of, yeah. of, 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 of smoke. That's actually sometimes problematic for when we do fire tests because we have the large uh, calorimeter hood sucks up all the gas and then we know the heat release rate. But uh, in some cases, when we do fire tests on battery packs, the, the jet flames, they'll extend for several meters. And then we miss all of this <laughs> with our measurements. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's something uh, I've discussed with Matt Bonner when he was on the show that uh, we had this issue, like we've missed the interesting part of the of the of the fire <laughs> by 20 centimeters you know the thermal if the thermocouple was like 20 centimeters to the left it would be perfect but it was not oh, and then yeah. then we figured out it's uh it's probably more valuable to stick uh, 20 cameras into the experiment than <laughs> than stick 100 thermocouples because uh at the end you may have more information from just observing the fire than, yeah. than from yeah. the instrumentation yeah, yeah. Observation is underrated, I think. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's one of the themes of the podcast. <laughs> um, you touch a very important subject in here because, uh, yeah, in, in, if you want to exhaust the smoke from the car park, it's very similar to exhausting uh, smoke in an experiment from the hood. So, uh, do you like? Uh, I, I've said this this thing about uh, the, the the physics of the plumes. Uh, Based on my my knowledge of the of the of the smoke plumes, but do you really observe this this different behavior of of uh, the smoke clouds produced from battery fires? Like, yeah, that's uh, that that is a challenging question to to give a good answer to. Um, but let's say the cloud itself that, that is released at a very early stage, it's uh, flammable gas. Mm. Um, and even during the thermal runaway stage, if if the gas is not ignited from the battery, it's also flammable gas. Um, so so in our case, we're we're usually not so concerned about the the smoke that is being produced while the battery is burning. We're more concerned about the smoke that's produced when when it's not burning. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is something we're worried about in our in our testing halls. But when it comes to how how the smoke moves around. Uh, yeah, I, I, we have seen that the smoke is quite, um, yeah. How do I say, heavy? Yeah, some, some some people call it heavy. Yeah, that, that yeah. it doesn't want to, it doesn't want to move upwards, which means it does not have uh, buoyancy. In it. And we also noticed that that in the smoke itself, we have lots of uh, metal particles, like really fine oh. metal, metallic particles, uh, and or even some. Um, some of the uh, like the electrolyte contents uh, that are inside of the battery cell, they 
they can they have like quite a high uh, boiling point so if 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 i get all the smoke on me i can have some sticky residue on my clothes you probably um, don't want to do that no <laughs> I, i would strongly not recommend no no it's uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, good for the health i can say <laughs> i also know that you you have researched the um contents of of this uh, of this smoke or or the the products yeah. of, of these uh, of these fires yeah. um could you like give a general overview of, of what's produced in these fires because i guess it's it's not yeah. carbon dioxide and water like we would like from a... no so so products depending on whether you have uh, ignition of the battery gas or after the ignition of the battery gas um so before you have ignition of the battery gas the The, the gas that is being produced, it's, it's a lot of hydrogen and uh, CO2. And uh, what we see after ignition of the gas is lots of CO and even um, uh, even HF that is being produced then. So people usually are worried about HF because it's not only when you inhale it that it's bad, but it can yeah penetrate the skin and so on. Um, so so w when there's burning, we get mu much HF. When there's no burning, we don't detect it usually. But uh, when when it comes to electric vehicles versus internal combustion vehicles, when either of them burns, they produce very large amounts of toxic gases that are really really bad for you. So it's it's like, yeah, electric vehicles compared to an internal combustion vehicle, they produce more uh, hydrogen fluoride. But that is the the main the only difference regardless they are both very very bad for you yeah, yeah because obviously yeah. In, in 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 a normal fire if we can call it a normal fire mm -hmm. uh in an internal combustion engine vehicle fire there will be a lot of carbon monoxide produced and there will be some very um like uh, hydrogen cyanide or, or mm -hmm. something produced if you have uh polyurethane for example in used in upholstered uh furniture mm -hmm. of the car so so in the interior so so, yeah. so so yeah i've also i've read that this hf is 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 the the one thing that differentiates between these these two behaviors yeah. now i'm wondering um it, it would be interesting to quantify maybe, maybe such studies exist already and i just don't, i'm not aware of them but mm -hmm. uh, it, it could be interesting to quantify the amount of, of this hf in in the mix Uh, related to the um, to the soot content or or the general visibility or obscuration uh, characteristic of the of the cloud of gas, mm -hmm. because in 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 like uh, everyday fire engineering, um, there is this assumption. I'm not not sure where the origins of that are, but uh, my, my my good guess would be Great Britain <laughs> uh, <laughs> that if you have um, met your visibility conditions in the car park, the concentrations of the toxic products are probably not meeting their tenability criteria yet, mm -hmm. and uh, this means that it simplifies your analysis because if your goal is to maintain a certain level of visibility in your car park, like let's say 10 meters, it means that if you succeeded in 10 meters, it must obviously mean that you have succeeded in your in your toxicity as well, because it's it's almost impossible for the toxic pollutants to be in a concentration that would be immediately dangerous mm -hmm. when uh, there's not enough soot to drop the visibility below 10 meters. So that, that's a concept that simplifies uh, this uh, this lot. I'm wondering if, mm -hmm. uh, if uh, adding 
the HF to that mix, if it can like make the tipping point somewhere that it yeah. may be necessary to really um, solve for that and, and measure that, because you could possibly have the uh, visibility uh, met, but still the concentrations of these products uh, exceeded. Yeah, actually, we we did actually uh, do some simulations based on the, on the tests we did. We simulated okay. like a electric car fire in uh, in a car park i don't i don't have the the results of them in, in top of my head but yeah i could sh i could sh share the link to the report if uh, oh that's great if, that's if great uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah if you if you can after after the talk uh, mm -hmm. I, I send it to me and i'll put it in the show notes so yeah. I, I will definitely read it up and uh, and uh, i i hope some of the listeners will as well it's it's mm -hmm. really um it, that's really intriguing because these emissions are like if we want to understand the the problem completely, we need we need to understand yeah. how do these uh, fires ignite, how they propagate, uh, yeah. what's the consequence, yeah. and in the end, what's exactly. the products? Yeah, so yeah. Th th that's a big question to to be answered yeah. in here. And then you want to have done it for many different vehicles and many different types of fire <laughs> initiations. And <laughs> oh yeah, welcome welcome to the world of, of fires, the world of complexity. I. On my list of, of questions, um, I also had this uh, question about uh, extinguishing these fires. Mm -hmm. Because uh, another thing that you learn from the media is that firefighters have big troubles putting them out. Yeah, and, uh, it's impossible. It's impossible, <laughs> yeah. You, you've seen these videos where the fires, they've, they've put it down and it reignited, put down, reignited. That's, that's kind of... Uh, yeah. Is, is, it, is it something that you also observe while studying them that it's... Like, okay, what do you do with the burnt uh, electric vehicle after your experiment? What, what do you, how, how do you manage that? Well, <laughs> our, our motto is actually, uh, if it burns, let it burn. Like, to the, till the end, okay. Yeah, like if, if we have a battery pack that catches fire uh, during a test or whatever, we, we, don't, we don't interfere. We just let it burn until it's burnt out. If for some reason you don't have that option, you, yeah, you'll want to suppress it in some way. Um, and then, yeah, there are different ways of of suppressing the fire. But from my point of view, the most important thing is is that you are able to to cool the, the the battery cells that are inside of the battery pack as much as possible, because you want to stop this cascading effect that one battery cell fails, then the next one, and next one, next one, next one. So when one battery cell has failed, you need to remove heat from the surrounding area if you, if you can. Best way of doing that is to somehow inject the battery pack with water or or another type of uh, cooling media. Uh, you mean in, inside the pack, yeah? Not inside not, the battery not pack. Sprinkle it on top of the pack, but it get no, no. Guys, you can sprinkle it on top of the pack, and that's better than doing nothing, of course. Of course but yeah. imagine you have this thick steel aluminum enclosure. Inside of this aluminum enclosure, you have uh, battery modules, which is another enclosure. And inside of the battery modules, you then have the battery cells. So just spraying water on the outside of the battery pack, it, it, it requires lots of, lots of water to eventually cool uh, sufficiently enough so that it reached the battery cells inside of the pack. Um, so it's not a very efficient way to do it like that. Ideally, you have... I mean, from my point of view, ideally there should be some type of uh, connection on the battery pack to which the fire brigade can connect their fire hose, for example, when needed. They connect it, 
they just flush the battery pack as long as as they need to. Okay. And so, so like simple a, as that. like a safety valve that you could like yeah. connect to and just uh, yeah, yeah that that would obviously the challenge is it would have to be standardized yeah. because then you would end up with American plug European plug and <laughs> <laughs> and that that yeah. would that would probably be not not great. When you were uh, talking about that, I had this crazy image in my head that uh, I mean. Water is very efficient at cutting things. So, and there are these um, high-pressure nozzles that uh, you mm. put against the wall, and it it literally drills a hole through the wall yeah. to penetrate uh, the interior. But then again, I realized it may not be the smartest thing to uh, to to damage the uh, the cells inside as well. Exactly, exactly. So, you may cause more damage than <laughs> that's like they uh, want. I've also saw some recommendations that you can flood the car or like drop it in a in a tank yeah. of water. Is is that a strategy or or is just uh, PR? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that's PR. I think that's a viable strategy. Um, there are some things, of course, you need to consider that you you may have a burning vehicle and how are you going to handle a burning vehicle with a crane and lift it into mm. a place like doing that procedure? You have to be careful, of course, but um, it, it 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 will be more efficient than spraying water on the outside of a car battery pack and some of the benefits of taking the car and putting it in a container filling the container with water any any like byproducts from the fire water runoff etc it's all contained in that container okay, yeah so you can take the yeah the fire water and the water you can destroy facility. it yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's a that's a very 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 solid point you, you mentioned because mm. in in fact uh the, the fire science has a history of developing very, very efficient um, extinguishing methods. Like mm. we used to use halons and then we figured out they destroyed the atmosphere. There were yeah. certain types of foams that were used that we figured out they're they very harmful for the environment. They were very efficient for the fire, but unfortunately they were very efficient at damaging the life in the water as well. Yeah. Um, Talking about halons, is is there any experience with using other medium than water on on extinguishing these uh, these types of fires? There is some some experience, um, not for me personally. Most of the tests that we've done have been with water or either with water and some type of foam additive. Okay. Um, I do know that tests, uh, many tests have also been done with using, for example. Uh, uh, inert gas or uh, Novec, for example, mm-hmm. um, and they they may be successful in like knocking out the flame and preventing combustion of the battery gas, but they do not usually stop thermal runaway. They don't stop the thermal runaway process, and they usually don't actually provide cooling to the to the battery cell or the cells that are around it and. So it's like um, uh, two issues to solve. One, to remove the flaming, which they can succeed at, but they cannot prevent the creation of the new fuel. And uh, Yeah. Well, in one way, yes, you want to remove the flaming. In a <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. In another way, no, you don't want to remove the flaming either. <laughs> because, yeah, when, when we see batteries that are burning, we're not worried. It's fine. If we see a battery that is not burning and it's releasing a lot of gas, okay, then we start to get worried. Okay, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. As a fire engineer, I don't think we 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 can tell our clients that as long as it burns, it's okay. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the one answer they no. would accept. Uh, 
Yeah, ideally you keep you keep the fire burning, but you cool the battery cells around the burning fire so that they don't get involved. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I think the strategy that you mentioned, uh, isolating the the item on on fire, and in case of a car park, isolating the vehicle in fire mm-hmm. from the other parts of the, of the car park. This actually could could be a, a valid strategy to to provide safety because. Um, you know, car parks are also designed, the ones that have installations in them, like sprinklers, smoke control and everything, they yeah. are designed to handle a single vehicle fire. And yeah. uh, usually it's, I would not expect it from a single vehicle, I would not expect damage to the, the car park that would be dangerous for the for the entire car park, you know. The the, the images that we saw where the, dam- the buildings were destroyed, like the airport in, in, in uh, Norway. These were huge fires involving multiple vehicles, or like Liverpool in, in England, or we had such a fire in, in Warsaw as well. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the funny part about the Warsaw fire is that there went a rumor that it was caused by an electric vehicle. It was not, uh, as far as I know, it was never confirmed, and uh, it, it was just something that started running around the internet, you know, when the fire happened in Warsaw. Mm-hmm. And the next day, everyone was saying that electric vehicles destroy car parks, and the severity of the fire is because there was an electric vehicle inside yeah. and all, all these crazy things that are very difficult to debunk in, uh, from like a uh, perspective of time because yeah. they, they they are so powerful images that they come to the mind of, of the person. And it's difficult to say that it was just fire dynamics, not, not necessarily the fact that a vehicle was fueled by this type of a fuel, right? Mm-hmm. Um I had uh, I know we are running short on time, but I had this one one more question uh, to 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 be asked. One thing that uh, really differentiates the way how we use electric vehicles from internal combustion uh, vehicles in car parks is that uh, we charge them in in our car parks, and charging is a process. Like yeah. if if you leave vehicle and it's idle, it's it's shut down. I think it's a different state than when you plug it in and. Uh, you know, yeah. charge it for, for many hours. In your studies, did you see like differences in in, in 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 I don't know occurrence of the fires or severity of the fires when charging was involved versus uh, idle vehicles or? Um, well, usually when we have seen fires that occurred uh, with vehicles that were being charged uh, or while while they were being charged, was that the fire was not related to the battery pack. Uh, okay. rather improper electrical installation of, of the charging stations so that the fire started in the charging station and from there on spread to uh, the battery pack. Uh, that being said, during charger, yes, tr- during chargers, you're, you're putting energy in, into the battery pack and while you're doing so, the individual battery cells, they heat up a little bit because of their internal resistance. Um so in that sense, if one of the cells in the battery pack may fail, the surrounding cells could be at somewhat of an elevated temperature. And in that sense, increase the risk that you get the cascading okay. uh, failure. And when it comes to charging, in theory, you can, if you if you don't have any safety systems, like what, what happened with many hoverboards, for example, okay. uh, they did not have any any uh, battery management system or any built-in system that prevented them from being overcharged. So many people okay. that bought hoverboards, they put them on the charger, they leave them there, and it's just a matter of time until they catch fire. But this this cannot happen with uh, electric vehicles. They, they have such like 
uh, advanced battery management systems and protection systems that as soon as it detects one of the battery cells in the battery pack is is going beyond any limit they just interrupt charging that's the end of it so, so you have like two safety points one should be in the charger one should be in the battery management system of the vehicle yeah so, yeah, the, so, be, the so. best, the safest way of charging is to have both the safety built in in the charging system and in the battery management system. Um, there are some like charging types where <laughs> charges where you put just a socket in the wall and then you connect mm-hmm. that to your vehicle. Then you only have the safety in the in the battery mm-hmm. management uh, system. You don't have any safety in the charger itself. Okay. Um, um. My, my neighbor does that. And then <laughs> I, I, it's time, I, time to move, I think. I, I, I'm a bit concerned now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just build a, a wall between us. And, and that, yeah. that actually is, a, you know, in Poland, uh, I mean, everywhere we, are, we, we as engineers have to deal with this problem because uh, as, yeah. as, we, as we spoke in, in the green room, it's difficult to ban this and banning is not a solution. No, it's, that's it's, not uh, a solution. No. Yeah, so, so in Poland... Uh, the, the the solutions are, for example, um, putting walls between uh, parking slots where where electric vehicles are allowed to park mm. to provide a physical barrier between the vehicles. So mm. if uh, one vehicle ignites, it cannot like ignite a secondary vehicle through this jet fire, even if it occurs, because there's a physical mm-hmm. barrier and it's very unlikely that the the secondary vehicles will burn from the heat emitted from the smoke itself you know yeah. so so in a way that 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 uh, that provides some sort of uh, safety against cascading fire that one vehicle ignites another and another and another yeah uh, and i i think in a, in in a way sprinkler systems would work would provide the same role because mm-hmm. obviously sprinklers will not have any impact on the on the battery yeah. itself but yeah. they will cool the gases around. They will uh, limit yeah. the, the probability of fire jumping to another vehicle. Yeah. So, so again, uh, isolating yeah. is seems like uh, like if if I had to propose something to an architect tomorrow, uh, isolating mm. vehicles uh, after this talk sounds <laughs> like a yeah. very good idea. I, I have some other ideas, but that's for another <laughs> episode. Yeah. And it's not only positive for electric vehicles, of course. I mean, for for all, even internal combustion engine vehicles, oh, yeah, yeah. this this can be an issue. I mean, a part com- internal combustion vehicle can also catch fire. And um, well, uh, Roland, thank you, thank you so much for for doing this. Uh, I've learned a lot about uh, about these fires, and and there's so so many things going through my head how how to put that into that knowledge into practice and i'm i need to read up on on the emission paper and uh, i'm i'm looking forward to that so yeah. um what's the next step for you are you still working on on battery fires yeah yeah, I'm working quite uh, intense on battery fires. We're building a, a new lab here in Sweden. Uh, they call it the Swedish uh, Electromobility Lab, um, and that that is a lab that is built to to do tests on batteries. And we're building it in such a way that we can have an explosion; anything can happen, and the building will still be be standing. Um, that's, so that's pretty exciting. That's that's good, and it, it will involve like large scale uh, fire experiments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and all sorts of yeah wow. abusive tests on batteries, and we're 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 going for kind of a environmentally friendly solutions. Our our lab will have like a, a smoke cleaning system, 
which which I know many people they like to do tests just out in the uh, outdoor <laughs> when it comes to batteries. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> so yeah. hopefully we can uh, do a good thing for the environment with our lab too. That's that's a good. Uh, that's uh, that sounds really exciting, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I hope that there will be a lot of uh, new developments from Rice and and your team in this Absolutely. regard because so far you have pro- provided priceless points of view on 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 topic that uh, we barely know anything on so no. yeah ev- everything is needed thank you yeah. so much and yeah thank you so much for taking the invite and mm. uh, no worries see you around thank yeah. you so much thank, thank you for having me bye bye Yep, that's it on the interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. <laughs> I've learned so much from Roland and it's going to be very useful to my science and engineering. Um, I was quite surprised at uh, the bigger challenges with when the battery does not ignite, when it just releases toxic gases and flammable gases. But when you think about it, it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, with fire, we can deal <laughs> when it's a poisonous cloud. It, it probably poses a completely different set of challenges. And in the next week, I'm going to take you into a journey through my own research and the the research of my group, which is on the rapidly growing fires. We've taken some artificial uh, design fires that grow to a large heat release rate very quickly, dropped them into computer model of a car park and compared how they uh, behave and what consequences of this fire we can observe versus something we could call, let's say, traditional design fires for car parks. The results are quite interesting, and we've definitely identified height of the car park as one of the main variables. Um, We've run 480 CFD simulations, so there's a lot of findings inside of that, so I I hope I'll be able to to tell you the biggest uh, findings from that and give you some of my own thoughts on how can we make car parks safe including uh, electric vehicles in them um, with the knowledge we have today, with the best practices as as of today. Because I, I think it's very important we don't have time to wait for all the research to end. And as Roland said today, the uh, developments in battery technologies are probably quicker than the ability of the fire community to understand them. So, yeah, we, we have to work with what we have. And that that's the next episode going to be about. So... Thank you for being in here today. Um, I'm welcoming you to the next episode next Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, if you like the show, please let me know somewhere and, or, or share the episodes with, with your friends, with your colleagues. And I, I highly appreciate making this podcast available to anyone who doesn't know about it yet, but could actually benefit from from what we are doing in here. Um, thank you for listening. And yeah, stay safe. See you next Wednesday. This was the Fire Science Show. Thank you for listening and see you soon.